Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, Starshine. The Earth says hello. And welcome to the Fantasy Magazine Story Podcast. I'm your host, Janina Edwards. Let me introduce you to another stunning fantasy. In this episode, you'll be listening to Skyscrapers That Twist to the Sun by Aaron Brown, narrated by me, Janina Edwards. Fantasy Magazine is edited by world fantasy finalists Christy Yant and Arlie Sorg. Our podcast is produced by Skyboat Media. Aaron Brown is a black, neurodivergent author of horror, fabulist, and fantasy short fiction and poetry. She has been published in FIA Magazine, the Los Suelos, California Interactive Anthology, and Three Elements Literary Review. The anthology, It Was All a Dream, an anthology of bad horror tropes done right, as well as other publications. Aaron is a Voodoo Knots Fellow and an SFWA member, and she was the recipient of the Truman Capote Literary Trust Scholarship in Creative Writing for Spring 2022. She can often be found at ebrownwrites.com or on Twitter at Babel Brown. Join us now for this light from the universe. Have we got a fantasy for you? Chandra took the small, empty cardboard box and swiveled on her workstool to place it gently on top of her daughter Denisha's head. Her daughter went cross-eyed, trying to look at it, and started chewing on the corner of her thumb, smiling at the game. Okay. Chandra placed her hands on her knees and leaned forward to look her daughter in the face. What's supposed to be in the box? Denisha tried a little longer to look at the top of her own head, giggled, and took the box down to read the label. Thirty-four. No, Three-quarter-something nuts. That's right. Denisha replaced the box on her head. But the box is empty. Do we know why the box is empty? Denisha shrugged and nodded her thumb. I want to make sure that we know that just because we don't say something with our words doesn't mean we aren't lying. Mama asked you where the three-quarter-something nuts were. So if you know, you need to tell me. I've planted them, Denisha said around her thumb. You buried them? Why? I needed those to finish this engine. I didn't bury them. I planted them. I wanted to grow you a whole tree. Chandra pulled the thumb from her daughter's mouth. It's a different kind of nut, sweetie. Now I need to buy some new ones. Are you going to pay for them? They started growing. I'm sure they did, Chandra replied beginning to turn back around to her work table. You shouldn't tell people they're liars, Denisha admonished. She knew better than to raise her voice to her mother, so she had quickly acquired the skill of giving her softly spoken words a ringing tone of disapproval. All right, show me. Don't step on the grass, Denisha said solemnly. It's very sharp. All right, you show me where to step. They left the garage hand in hand, and went around the house to the backyard, which had not seen a lawnmower in a month. It was high, green, and studded with weeds, yellow blossoms and white puffs waving gently in the breeze. 
They looked so soft. Chandra reached down to pluck one for her daughter to blow a wish on so they could wish for more three-quarter-something nuts. She saw her blood pulse bright onto the blossoms, felt the blades deep in her hand long before she felt the pain. Three minutes later, they were inside the house, doors locked, windows drawn, and Chandra had a bandage on her cleanly sliced palm. Denisha was hiding in her room. She had taken her mother's yelp and cursing personally and clearly was attempting to lessen her expected punishment by punishing herself first. Chandra sat in the dark, thinking about the glint in the woods in the noonday sun, the tiny spikes twisting up, new shoots, pure silver. In a crystallized moment of horror, she thought she had seen them breathe. Chandra typed plant metal into her computer, and the search turned up a ton of metalwork artisan sites, selling welded metal roses and gates and painted trellises. What could she search that would make sense? She stood up carefully and limped to the window to look at the grass again. It glinted. Didi, come here, quickly. Chandra carried her daughter to the garage. Despite the walkway being paved, she wondered if she'd ever let her precious baby's feet touch the ground again. Her mind remembered the spikes slicing into her hand as warm. It had to be the sun. Anything else could possibly be made her stomach turn. Setting Denisha down on the work stool, Chandra looked all over the empty little cardboard box and then carried it and her daughter back into the house. The next few internet searches for Apex tools turned up wares, distributors, money market information, and more artisans. But the website had a phone number on the bottom. There was a money-back guarantee for items that did not meet the customer's expectations. It made Chandra laugh to read that. She called, but after a few minutes of being shuttled around a bunch of different automatic messages, she hung up. Denisha was playing quietly at her feet, a sure sign that she was still not sure how much trouble she was in. Chandra bent down and kissed her on the top of the head. Then the phone rang. Good afternoon. It was the voice of a young man. You called Apex Tool Support Line. How can we help you? Chandra hadn't thought this far ahead. What could she say? Why did she feel like she was in trouble? Hello? The voice on the line sounded a little frantic now. Are you there? Did you call Apex? Is there a problem? Ah, there was no way to miss it. However uncomfortable Chandra was feeling, this person felt worse. Hi, yes, I called. I didn't leave a number, though. Our system logs the numbers of all incoming calls. How can I help you? Who am I speaking with? Chandra waited for the voice to answer. Four beats, five. My name's Jack. How can I help you? Chandra nearly hung up. Who is this really? Is there something wrong with one of your tools? And what if there was? Then I want to make it right. I'm so sorry. Can you tell me which product it was? Something in Chandra unclenched a little, and she read the number on the box. The voice sounded relieved, too. Okay, good. So far, that's the only batch. Nervous laughter. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling. What is it? I was... I was working on a project. For a scholarship. An eco-friendly building material. 
I was working over the summer with my uncle, and I took some stuff home to use because I couldn't afford the materials, and he found out and took it all back to the plant and fired me. But some of the stuff worked, and he accidentally mixed it in with the regular stuff. Okay, but what is all this stuff? What did you make? It's metal. Organic metal. It grows. Like bamboo. Chandra sat back on the couch, looking at her stinging bandaged palm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I lost it all, so I'm trying to get it back. So it grew? Yeah. In my lawn. Tore my hand up, too. How fast did it grow? Is it spreading? Can you send me a soil sample? How tall did it get? Did you water it? Any fertilizer? I don't know any of that stuff. Just that it shredded my hand. Chandra interrupted him. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, sorry. There was silence between them. Denisha looked up from her dolls, eyes wide, in the way that they got when they were absorbing everything that was happening around her. Chandra noticed the little gold hoops in her ears. Five minutes before, and she might have been unnerved at the sight of them. Okay, Jack, what do we do next? Half an hour later, Chandra's new friend Jack had hung up, and she was out in the backyard, looking at the silver glints in her tall green grass. There was only a patch of it. Sometime in the next week, a special package would arrive, return postage paid, in which Chandra would mail a few planter pots containing every blade of the specimens. When Jack offered to keep her apprised of his progress with the project, she didn't turn him down. After they had warmed to each other, Jack had painted her a picture of living skyscrapers that twisted gently to face the sun, that created organically shaped working and living spaces, kept cool in the summer and warm in the winter, metal items grown in molds instead of forged, less stress on the environment, less energy burned. Kids were always coming up with such beautiful ideas. Chandra wondered what age caused you to see the other side of it all. At what age did all the fearlessness go away? Denisha watched as Chandra came back into the house, thumb in her mouth. Is it okay? Yeah, babe. Chandra looked at the wall, on the other side of which sat her workshop and the latest engine she was working on. Could it get wet? Would it sprout? She'd already used a few of the screws on it. Did metal infect metal? She decided to send it to Jack, too. However miraculous it all was, she wanted it out of her hair. Just no more planting stuff without asking me first, okay? Is it going to make a tree? I don't know, Bunny, but as soon as I find out, I will let you know. Time for your bath. Chandra sent Denisha to go pick out her pajamas, thinking about this kid who called himself Jack, his brilliant invention, his dreams, the miracles that children could create. Denisha had always shown interest in Chandra's repair work and liked to read the labels and sizes on her tools and organize her drawers. Maybe she could grow up to be some sort of organic engineer? Is that what they would call it? She pushed the images of war and torturous capitalist industry to the back of her mind and ran Denisha's bath, choosing to picture sentient ships swimming gracefully among the whales, eating all the trash in the oceans. 
Denisha opened the bathroom door and stomped in, tossing her PJs onto the counter, her top falling into the sink. She started to pull off her sweater, paused, turned to the door, and said, Thank you, Mr. Doorknob. Chandra paused as well, biting her cuticles as she twisted the shining taps to cease the running of the water. Welcome back, Starshine. You have been listening to Skyscrapers That Twist to the Sun by Aaron Brown, narrated by your host, Janina Edwards. Janina Edwards is an award-winning narrator of 400 books. Her work has been acknowledged with eight Earphones Awards, an Audi win, seven Audi finalist nominations, and two Society of Voice Arts and Sciences nominations. In 2021, Janina was included in Libro FM's list, Black Narrators You Should Be Listening To. We hope you have enjoyed this offering. If so, please help spread the word by leaving a review or rating at iTunes or on the social media venue of your choice. Our editors are Christy Yant and Arlie Sorg. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Adamant Press. Our sponsor this month is Flatiron Books. We publish Fantasy Magazine and this podcast for free, but please consider our many subscription options or recurring patronage at fantasy-magazine.com forward slash support hyphen subscribe. Skyboat Media, the most respected independent audio production team on the West Coast, produces the audio stories for this podcast. They are headed by the Audi and Grammy Award-winning narrators Stefan Rudnicki and Gabrielle DeCure. Be sure to check out their website at skyboatmedia.com. Post-production was by Jim Freund. Thank you for listening, Starshine. Wishing you all the best from Fantasy Magazine. This is your host, Janina Edwards. I'm going to plant this gem in my garden and see what grows and return you to reality. For now. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.